Tony. Hello, Canada. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. Today's date, April 14th, 2022. Welcome to a special edition of Canadian Common Sense, interview edition. So last week we interviewed a lady who is looking for a new job, and this week we'll be interviewing a gentleman who can help someone find a new job. Now, as we all know, uh, COVID threw the whole, our whole society for a, a bit of a loop, and yeah, it turned a lot of things upside down, and we're going to talk about a lot of those things that turned upside down in this interview right now. Uh, we have with us a special guest out on the, the left coast of Canada in British Columbia, like to welcome uh, George Duclius. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah, you're pretty close, Duclius. Yeah, okay, I think so, you nailed it. All right, so George Duclius with Jabless Jobs. Uh, George, welcome to Canadian Common Sense. Hey, Tony. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for Great. Yeah, well, and, uh, actually, you had reached out to us uh, based on a listener recommendation. So um, to that listener, whomever you are, thank you for that. I uh, certainly appreciate those. And uh, so I'd heard of you last year george i think probably shortly after you had started up your website so i'm glad to have this conversation now and we'll get into why it's even more relevant that we talk a little later in the show but first sure. of all how about you introduce yourself to to canada um you born and raised in bc uh no i'm actually born and raised in winnipeg i've been in vancouver for uh just uh maybe two a little over a year and a half, maybe exactly two and a half years, pardon me, but just just over two years or so, maybe two and a half years. Okay, excellent. So, uh, well, uh, I'm sure you're glad not to be in Winnipeg now since they're getting bombarded by a snowstorm. Yeah, I heard they got slammed pretty good. I've seen some photos, though. They're, it's not as bad so far as people expected. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've lived all over Western Canada from Sunset Country in northwestern Ontario all the way to here at the Pacific Coast. Uh, uh, so I, I tend to know the prairies and uh, the northwestern Ontario very well with all the different jobs I've had out there. So um, uh, the weather is something I always get entertained by. Sometimes I miss the winter, believe it or not. You know, it's funny you'd say that. I remember when I was in high school, my mom would take me to Hawaii right around Christmas time, and I saw a Santa Claus riding around on a bike with a pair of shorts, and I just said, that's wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah. That don't fly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. So. <laughs> but I, I think uh, winter in the prairies is probably one of the prettiest seasons. Uh, I know it's cold and it's hard. Uh, it's tougher in the cities as well. Um, but it, it, it really is a pretty season, so uh, with I sometimes miss it. It's easy to miss. Yeah, well, and um, I'm happy to have it over with, but I know for our friends in southeastern Saskatchewan and southern Manitoba, they're uh, going to get one more kick at the cat. So. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> April. Yeah, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So, All right, anyway, back to the topic at hand here. So here in Canada, as everybody knows, we are now just wrapping up two years to flatten the curve even though it was supposed to be only two weeks. So um, our long-term listeners know that, that Lewis and I, right, basically from the start of the pandemic, made a few different predictions and a few different pronouncements. And Lewis's catch line is, he doesn't want to be right, but he almost always is. And we keep going from conspiracy theorists to, oh, hey, those guys were right. And I think, George, you're probably on that same train too. Now, um, I don't want to pigeonhole you, so I'll just start off with my own position on the whole vaccine idea now sure. lewis and i on this show 
really rode the government hard on the whole vaccine front because they dropped the ball on procuring vaccines in the first place. Then they claimed there was nobody in Canada who could make vaccines, even though we actually had three or four different manufacturers who were happy, ready, and willing to go. And then when the vaccines came, there were some problems with efficacy. There were some problems with side effects. So we were saying, hold on a minute. Why don't we uh, actually just see some kind of studies, some long-term studies? And then came along vaccine mandates. Now, I'm not necessarily anti-vaccine, although not although I am a, a, an anti-vaxxer because I'm absolutely against vaccine mandates or mandates of any kind. I'm a libertarian, so I'm not sure where you are on that scale. Um, I don't know if I'm officially a libertarian, but I'm, I'm very close to you when it comes to vaccine mandates. I, I'm strongly opposed to them. Uh, I really don't, uh, don't like them, but I also don't feel it's my place to tell an employer what they have to do. Well, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's their business and they can certainly manage it as they wish. I I definitely agree with that. But I um, I, want, I think maybe it's just because, maybe it's because I grew up in rural Alberta and there's a bit of that rugged spirit and I just don't like being told what to do. So, I mean, I don't mind taking a vaccine on if it's, if it's proven to be good for me and I need it or I feel that I should get it for whatever reason. But as soon as you say you have to do this, then I tend to throw the middle finger up. Uh, you know, like a, a lot of people, because of the position I'm in and, and uh, running jobless jobs, a lot of people uh, assume I'm on the extreme end of things. Um, uh, but I'm not actually like in early 2021, like January 2021, I got excited at the vaccine rollout. I was very optimistic. I'm like, oh, great. This whole lump of crap that we're going through now can be over maybe by summer. Um, I was optimistic. I was excited for a vaccine coming along. Um, and then the information started rolling in um, and that there was some things that just weren't adding up. Um, and I just wasn't sure exactly if I could trust it. Um, I, I thought it was a little quick. So I started getting very skeptical. Um, and then it came down to um, just basic you know, common sense. I just looked at what I knew versus what I don't know. And what I knew was that I was in good health. Uh, my age group and my my level of health uh, told me that I would be a very low risk of, of taking up space in a hospital and also a very low risk of dying uh, of COVID. Um, so I decided to go with what I know. What, what I didn't know was that uh, what this vaccine might do for me, good or bad, I wanted to know before I made the choice. So I told myself in like early July of 2021, that was uh, when I made a decision was, I'm going to wait two full Canadian winters. I want to wait till the summer of 2023. And then I will make a choice. I just want to see what this vaccine does or doesn't do for people. And then I want to make a choice. Um, and suddenly, towards the end of August, uh, we were hearing word talk about a, a mandate happening here in British Columbia. And I'm a lot like you. Like I, I'm not going to have someone just tell me what I have to do. Um, and I'm not going to let society choose my, my medical choices for me. Uh, so I held my ground. And that's how this all began. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, see, I'm, uh, well, similar that way. I mean, I, when the when the pandemic first hit, I started reading the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and said, geez, we're getting it stomped on all over the place. And then, of course, everybody was rushing out to get the shots. And even my family doctor, when I went to see him for a, just my annual physical, uh, said, well, do you have any questions about the vaccines? And I, so I, I asked him a couple of things and he just parroted Justin Trudeau's line is the best one is the first one you'll get. Well, the first one would have been AstraZeneca. So I'm really glad I didn't take the first one available. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one pretty much, they, they pulled that one, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, remember Lewis and I had a conversation on this show too. And I had said, this was, uh, before I'd, I'd gotten a jab and I just said, okay, so everybody's saying this is the most deadly disease of all times said, so here I am wearing no masks with no shot. So why am I not dead? And you touched on that in an email that you had sent to me is that person look, you know, just needs to look after their health. I mean, for the last few years, I mean, I referee soccer, I take vitamin D every day. I get lots of sun. I'm, you know, I've just turned 50. I'm in good health. I uh, don't go to the gym enough, but I still go. And, you know, so all those factors actually really keep the doctor away and the jab. Yeah. Um, you know, and for me, um, I, I like to eat real food, home cooked meals. Um, I minimize my starches, my uh, sugars and starches intake. And um, I, I often intermittent fast with uh, combined all that with uh, exercise. Um, and uh, I'm in the best shape I've been in all of my adulthood. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, it, COVID certainly had an influence on that, um, on my current health. Um, so COVID has been great for me so far. Uh, it's gotten me healthier. It's encouraged me to be healthier. And I, I think it's done the same for more people. I just wish we could more of us would have an opportunity to speak up about it. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And, and of course, nobody's factored in natural immunity. And I, uh, I I love my wife to death. She's on the complete opposite end of the scale as I am because she works in medicine. So she, you know, happily got the job, but she didn't argue with me when I uh, resisted at first. And I said to her, well, hey, one of the symptoms of COVID is no symptoms. So maybe I've already had it and I have natural immunity. Well, that didn't go over very well. <laughs> so, uh, wow. well, and from my end, I just said like when uh, my employer ended up, you know, leaning on all of us to get the shots. So I did actually get double vaccinated. And I do remember having an argument with them that uh, I just said flat out, this is you're asking for my medical information without a warrant. So uh, I, I said, you know, you really can't do that. And they kind of hummed and hawed around it. And then I... Uh, I said, well, you know, can I ask any of the ladies here if they've had have had breast augmentation? Because that's a medical procedure, right? And yeah. they didn't like that very much either for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny how it's been become so normalized. I mean, it clearly it's um it's 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 not a matter of law, it's a matter of social acceptance. Um That's a good way to put just, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh Often, it's a clear example of uh, social acceptance taking precedence over law, um, and and it's clear as to how we're driven as a society, not by our laws and not by our um, our constitution or our charter of rights, but by how we're going to be accepted socially, and and that's a that's a very embarrassing stain on humanity is 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 witnessing this happening now. 
um, we need to be stronger as individuals to hold our ground as business owners and employers and as uh, citizens and as parents and husbands or wives. We have to be able to be individuals so we can hold our ground and let the laws steer our society and not our social acceptance. That's actually a good point. And during the 2021 election, Justin Trudeau definitely played that card when he was, you know, really trying to equate people who are unvaccinated to lepers. And, you know, I remember him, whatever campaign stop it was, saying, you know, if you want to get on a plane, if you want to get on a train, yada, yada, yada. And I can't help but going back when they were still doing the the quarantines for travelers, for example, and they were... A lot of provinces were doing lockdowns. Saskatchewan, we've been very lucky. We did have a little bit of lockdown time. We did have vaccine mandates for a while, but we were always the earliest ones to pull them. So I'm actually, uh, I got to give Scott Moe and the, the government here a lot of credit for that. I don't give him credit for much, but we have actually been a relatively free society here. But right. when I look at the Charter of Rights, and I really, I'm glad that I've gotten to know the Charter a little better since this COVID come along. Because our government has stomped all over the charter and we've let them. And I mean, you've got sec- your Section 8 rights to bodily autonomy, for example. No one gives a crap. Get your shots. And, you know, you've, we've got a charter right to move freely from province to province. Well, they, they shut that down with the Atlantic bubble and they shut that down at the Ontario border early on. So you couldn't go past uh, West Hawk Lake, for example. And it's just just one thing after another after another. And I think you're absolutely right. It's the social acceptance part. You want to fit in, you you get your jabs. And I'll be honest, Canada, and I'm not sure if I've ever disclosed this, but the only reason I got my shots is so I could go for breakfast with my wife on weekends because it's something we've done for years and it's you know our, our thing. So Yeah, it's funny, you know, um, and because I'm in the position that I'm at uh, with jobless jobs, um, I'm often people when I'm in conversations with people um, and just in my daily life, uh, people often feel obliged to tell me why they got vaccinated. Um, and, uh, you know, for for me running jobless jobs, someone who's fully vaccinated uh, is not my enemy, is not someone who uh, has to be the other person in my life. Like, it's no, there's no us in them. I don't want to, I don't like that talk, but then often people feel obliged to tell me why they did it. Um, and I want to put it out there uh, for people to know, like, you, 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 you know, you, you, like people don't have any reason to ha- have to tell me why they did it or even that they did do it. Um, but one thing I've noticed is I've never heard anyone tell me they did it for health reasons. <laughs> that's, that's confusing. That's a little, that's a little scary. It's like, wow, the, it's, it's all for some sort of, uh, uh, maintaining some sort of avenue of their life or, or facet of their lifestyle or, uh, or social pressure. It all falls into those two things. Like, um, you wanted to have breakfast with your wife. Uh, I, I, I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, and that's a lot of reasons. I would take a risk to do that with my loved one. Um, uh, and I understand that. Um, but I, it's funny because it's not health reasons. I never hear it for health reasons. That That is that is very scary. That is, yeah. And what bothers me the most is, well, actually, what bothers me the second most, what bothers me the most is listening to politicians, and they're not as much anymore now because more Canadians are vaccinated, but 
You'd hear any minister talking about vaccines and the very first thing out of their mouth, I just want you to know I am fully vaccinated. And on this show, I even once said, well, good for you. I don't care. <laughs> like, I just yeah. don't care. But yeah, the second most annoying thing, now I can get to that, was people just saying, oh, I'm just following the science. Well, which science? Because, um, as you know, you're just talking about different health decisions. Well, that's a, that's a science I'm willing to follow. But that's not the accepted science. That's not the, as you would say, that's not the, you know, the, the socially acceptable science. And there's just, uh, it, it's just so wrong that, you know, they, I've heard the word science more these last two years than ever in my, uh, I guess, 16 years of going to school. So. Yeah, and you know, it was just like five months ago. This is the one that really got me is how so many people were believing that um, if you get the uh, COVID-19 vaccine, you will not be able to, you will not um, uh, get COVID and you will not be able to transmit it to others. Uh, do you remember that? Like, uh, I do. Like July, July, August, September, October. That was the belief from a lot of people. Um, I didn't believe that at the time because I had done some research in the er- in early April. I, I wasn't denying it, uh, but I wasn't convinced either. Um, and when I would raise that question with people saying that may or may not be true, um, I was treated like, uh, like I was nuts, like that's the science. But in fact, in hindsight, it, it's not, it wasn't never the science. No, no, none of them, pardon me for defending the pharmaceutical companies here, but not one of the pharmaceutical companies that were pushing out these vaccines ever stated that they would be uh, effective to that degree. They never said it's going to prevent you from ever getting it or transmitting it. That was politicians and news media who said that. That's scary too. I was only I only heard politicians say that and news media. I never heard that from any of the pharmaceutical companies. It looked to me like the pharmaceutical companies were being honest, and the the mainstream media and the politicians were lying about that. Now, when I talk to people who are, you know, try to you know, old friends who are my opposition, apparently now, um, I, I tend to end a conversation very quickly when I say to them, um, or a debate rather, I end a debate very quickly when I ask them a simple question, were you one of those people who only five months ago believed that you could never transmit the disease, to, the virus to anyone if you got the vaccine? Because that narrative's done. Uh, but they they don't answer. I don't get a straight answer for that. I, I'm just amazed at how many people believe that. Um, you know, it, it just it's a little troubling because you're just hearing a script from news media. You're just hearing a script from politicians, and people are taking that as fact and 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 put it put in their their life's decisions on it. That's that's concerning. That's very concerning. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, people, and I think because they, they use the word vaccine, but then uh, as Lewis, my co-host, have pointed out on one of our shows that this really isn't a vaccine because they try to compare it to the polio vaccine, which is a vaccine because you get the polio vaccine, you don't get polio. And yeah. well, the, guess what? You get the COVID vaccine. And well, Lewis, I just disclosed on our last show, he spent the, the last week with COVID and he oh, was yeah. double vaccinated. So... That one's out the window completely, you know. So um, now let's, let's let's kind of bring us to, into uh, where Javelin's jobs began. So you uh, you had to deal with vaccine mandates, and I had an interview with Danielle Smith in Alberta last week, and she is a and her husband have a restaurant in High River, Alberta, and they had to unfortunately force their you know 
teenage employees to be asking people for QR codes and for, you know, proof of vaccinations. And she was absolutely livid about it. And that's, that's sort of what the situation you found yourself in, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I was working for a cleaning service here in Vancouver. We were cleaning the exteriors of buildings and, uh, you know, mansions and stuff, a lot of pressure washing and window washing and that sort of stuff. Most of our work was outside. We weren't even going to be under the provincial mandates, but my employer, my boss, um, he, um, he, he wanted to enforce it on his staff, on, on all of us. And I was hired as management, and I was still going through training at the time. Um, but I knew that if I were to be, um, you know, have to accept this enforcement, I would, I would also have to enforce it onto my crew. Um, and that was the real tipping point for me. And then when they did make the announcement that we were going to be uh, need to be vaccinated, and, and those of us who didn't get vaccinated were, were going to have restrictions. That was exactly, a, that was creating a two-tiered working environment. You're one of them and we're one of us, whatever side you're on. We we're going to divide the team and that's that's not okay. That's the, Separating people by medical choices is not a way I want to live. Um, knowing that that was coming, I started looking online for potentially another job because I, I didn't have a sense of job security there and, and we all deserve that. So I couldn't find anything online that really suited my type of search. Um, so that's how I started Jobless Jobs. I, I just created it for Vancouver because I wanted to find a job that's not going to ask me the question and a job that I could take a bus to. Um, that's how it all started. Okay. Now, BC, that was, uh, it was funny because, like I say, Lewis is from the Okanagan. He lives in BC and... At the start of the pandemic, BC actually had probably the best record for, for for allowing people to be free and were handling the pandemic so well. And then it's almost like they flipped the switch and decided to go go draconian, which is probably right around the time that uh, that you were getting uh, getting your ultimatum. Yeah, that's right. I think it was August um, when I started hearing the 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 talk coming from Premier Horgan about um, mandates coming. And it was uh, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe that they were doing it. I still don't believe it's real, but it is. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And then uh, I know that they had uh, well later in the year had let go four thousand healthcare workers. Um, Lewis actually interviewed uh, Glenn Alderink, who had started up, or one of the people who started Ezra Wellness, um, because <laughs> there was four thousand healthcare workers who said they were not going to get get vaccinated and and lost their jobs. So. Uh, so you were, I guess you were able to avoid that by starting Jabless Jobs. So um, what's the foundation of Jabless Jobs? What do, you, what do you guys do for a living? Well, I mean, we were a volunteer organization for the first uh, while um, and uh, realized how important it was to keep it going. I only thought I'd run it for a couple of weeks till I found myself a full-time job and then I'd just fold it. And, uh, but it, it blew up right off the beginning it started growing faster than I imagined Uh, and then the emotional response was just very motivating and very important Um, to have an avenue for people to find work like this um, was just so important to people they were coming to me with their hearts in their sleeves the the emails I got are a real a real testament to where Canada was at at the time it's it's just a fascinating journey Um, so I, I decided to monetize it and I didn't know how at first but 
if I kept it as a volunteer organization, it, it wouldn't have been sustainable. So I, um, I started looking at monetizing and the way we do it now is it's, uh, first off, it's free to apply for a job. Job seekers do not have to pay a dime to apply for a job. It's, and we're going to keep it free. It's always going to be free to apply for a job. Um, it's uh, where we charge is the employers who want to post on our job board. So if an employer wants to make a job post, that's that's where we make our money. Um, that's it. So, but we have a few different tiers of that. Um, but we also have one service for job seekers that we charge money for, and that is for uh, our resume building service. Um, just because we've had so many people approach us about. Um, wanted to change jobs for the first time in over a decade and they don't know anything about an ATS system and they don't know anything about making a resume because they haven't had to in two decades and such. So um, we, we got a, we had to make a, a service for that, um, that, that cost money because we hired a professional resume specialist to, to do the work. There's a real person behind it and she needs to get um, a bit of, and she needs to get paid for it. And she puts about an hour into every one. So it, it's uh, at, the, at the very least, you know, so we had to get that going. So really that's how, um, the, the, but most of our income comes from the job board. Well, I think every other employment service like the uh, Indeed.coms of the world are, are all based on the same model. They charge the employers, not the employees, correct? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, um, so you're not really doing anything that's out of the ordinary yeah. that way. So by, by no means are you uh, really sticking it to anybody to, uh, pardon the pun, but... Uh, no, and we're we're uh, we're very uh, affordable compared to those, some of those other job services, those job boards online. Um, when we that's on purpose, we we decided to keep a small team, and uh, we just work out of our homes, and uh, that that enables us to you know be able to uh, charge modest prices, and just like really our goal is to just get people working, to connect job seekers with non-discriminatory employers. Uh, so we just looked at the the shortest, fastest route to making that happen. Okay. Now, um, you mentioned that you thought initially it would be just a Vancouver thing. Are you still just a Vancouver thing, or are we nationwide, or BC wide, oh, or nationwide? Oh, nationwide. We're nationwide. Wow. Yeah. I see. We were we started on Telegram, uh, and uh, then it started growing, and and I I wanted to keep it regionally specific, city or regionally specific. So we have uh, we had 14 channels on Telegram going where you know we had one for the Okanagan, we had another one for the Kootenays, uh, we had another one for uh, Southern Alberta, another one for Northern Alberta, and so on, right? One for Winnipeg. So we started growing across the country through Telegram, and and uh, then when it was time to transition onto a website, we had that uh, that that base of people to bring with us. So now we're nationwide and we've even launched a job board in the United States and we haven't promoted it at all. And it's growing. There's, I don't know, seven or eight jobs on there already, or we have hundreds of jobs on the Canadian job board. Oh, amazing. Now, um, you'd sent me the timeline of, uh, from when you started to, uh, when you ended up with a website and that was actually really fast. So, uh, obviously there was a, a big demand to fill. Oh yeah. Everything was moving so fast in the beginning. Um, when I think back on that time, like from the end of August to like the beginning of December, it, it that block of time feels like two or three years, but it was just like four months. Well, know, I can, it, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, it, because the, every day was so full. Every week was full of changes, and every day was so full of different segments of the day 
that uh, you know one week felt like a month and uh, it was that kind of a time we we're in it was just hold on as best as you can but we've gotten to a gotten it to a point now where a lot more things are automated on the website and uh, we're under control of uh, our plans and our workload a lot better so we're able to relax we watch movies at the end of the day now and I, I, I can start my day reading a book and so it's a lot more under control now. Oh, that's excellent. Now, I, I want to go back just for a second, because uh, this is something that I think Canada, if you didn't tune in, make sure that you uh, keep this in your head. So, George, you had sure. said that you were working with a pressure washer. You were working cleaning the outsides of buildings. So you were outdoors, and you, mm-hmm. weren't, you weren't at any point standing within six feet of anybody, but yet you were still going to be forced on, into a, a mandate basically made for people who work in offices. And uh, I have a big problem with this because I'm like you, I work alone. I drive a truck. And so I might see a coworker or two first thing in the morning when I'm going in to get paperwork and such. And then a coworker or two at the end of the day. And otherwise I'm on my own. So why the hell do they insist people like you and myself and farmers and a ton of people that are audience who don't come into contact with a crap ton of people on a regular basis have to follow these mandates. Like it was that it's absolutely ridiculous to put a blanket policy down to apply to people who just simply don't need it at all. Yeah, and if if I may dare to defend the premier of British Columbia, he, he they didn't put a mandate on the industry that I was in. Um, there was no mandate on my job uh, at all. It was the employer um, who was who was enforcing it. He decided on behalf of his business that he's going to make a mandate in his within his company and enforce it. And there's a lot of that, and it's still going on, even with all the mandates lifted across the provinces, across Canada, and the provincial mandates lifted. There's uh, so many employers that are keeping their mandates and and continuing to enforce them. Um, that's why jobless jobs is still so relevant and and needed. Yeah, well, and I think that uh, you're probably going to see jobless jobs become a lot more relevant because now um, I know in my own employment situation, there's one customer that I visit every two weeks and they've now demanded uh, proof of a booster shot. And I I said no, so I'm no longer going to be servicing that customer, which is fine. We have other drivers that can do it. But I've got a strange feeling that, you mean... Teresa Tam and Justin Trudeau are already telegraphing it, saying, oh, there's a sixth wave coming. And I got a funny feeling that with that hypothetical sixth wave, they're going to start mandating booster shots. And then uh, you're going to see a whole lot more people like yourself and myself that are just going to say, "Um, well, take your jab and stick it somewhere else. So uh, you might end up seeing some more traffic at jabless jobs as a result. Are you ready for it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're we're ready for whatever happens. I mean, with the mandates or without the mandates, we're still we we're still very much relevant, and uh, we're going to be needed no matter what. Um, so we're ready for whatever happens. Um, you know, it's 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 really unfortunate that it has to go this way. But you know, like we're we're not discriminatory. That's that's something that sounds radical now you know um, <laughs> but but like before 2020 uh what we're doing wouldn't have been in 
any sense of, you know, radical or rebellious in any way, and I don't believe it is now. Um, we're doing the same thing that was happening before 2020. It's the, re- it's the world that's changed around us. Um, so we don't, we don't like uh, the name jobless throws people off a little bit. Um, but what jobless means is it's uh, it's before before the era, you know, like um, before 2020, when you didn't have to answer that question. So we don't care if someone is, you know, double vaxxed and didn't get their third, their third uh, jab, um, and now they're they don't count as fully vaccinated anymore. Um, you don't a, a job seeker doesn't have to prove that to us, and um, it goes to the employer as well. We we only work with employers who don't ask. Um, it, it's very rare, but I've, I've only had it happen twice, but I've had some employers ask me to find them staff that are, uh, can prove that they're not vaccinated. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't work with employers. Like, that's the other extreme. That's discriminatory. And, uh, and so we don't work with them. We, we say that that's asking. And um, for whatever reason, if, if someone's had to be vaccinated and, and, and we have employers on our job board that suits their ethics, they're more than welcome to find a job through us. So it's, it's not about being unjabbed or jabbed. It's about sharing the same ethics. That, that's actually a really good way to put it. And I think you kind of answered my, my next question when you, uh, with, with this last one, because uh, you talked about still being relevant. So, uh, I mean, are people, do you, or should, I should say, do you fear that people will, think jobless jobs and then uh you know should this pandemic ever actually be over um think okay well i don't need jobless jobs because now i can go to you know xyz jobs do you think do you do you think people will disassociate you strictly with that and not consider you you know outside of uh the, the covid pandemic uh no i don't because we've built up such a strong brand loyalty um We've we're, we've given people uh, an immeasurable amount, immeasurable amount of hope uh, that uh, you know we were we were that one oasis during a dark time, and um, chances are it'll come back. All these employees who lost their jobs, they feel betrayed. They're not going back to their employers, even if they're lifting their mandates, and, and some are. Um, but they're they're not returning because they want a sense of job security. They'd rather have an employer who suits their ethics and matches their ethics than an employer who they don't feel a sense of security with, who betrayed them once before. Um, and then on the other side, employers are realizing that it's a it's a wonderful time to be a non discriminatory employer because uh, it's it's a it's a rare opportunity to to snag up some of the the highest qualities you know, staff available ever in Canada. Like, these are all people who are uh, independent independent thinkers, people who um, aren't afraid to stand behind a decision and will stand firm in their decision. These Our job seekers are our leaders. They're the people that you want in your business. And when employers are figuring that out and we're the avenue of connecting these uh, job seekers with these em- with the employers, then they come to us and they keep coming back. We have a lot of returning employers posting with us, and uh, it's only growing. It's, and since we since mandates have been lifted, I think people are feeling a little more comfortable posting with us as well because of no social pressure or something. 
even though we have an anonymous option. Um, but we've had days where we've broken sales records on our job board since the mandates have been listed just in the last month. Oh, well, I, I don't think, yeah, it's been a fascinating phenomenon. Like, sure, let's go with it. We'll take it. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. And uh, well, you make a good point about the, the loyalty end of it. I know that I heard an interview with a lady who was a paramedic, and she is a 30-plus year paramedic in southern Ontario. And, yeah, because she refused to, to disclose her vaccination status. And that's another thing. I mean, it's, even just if you don't want to disclose, if you want to be like me and yeah. say it's none of your goddamn business if I have my shots or not, she was right. she was let go. So, I mean, I guess she would be one of those candidates that... that people would be loving to have that kind of experience. And uh, my co-host Lewis is a business owner as well. And he said, it's hard enough to find people period without, uh, you know, making demands on them, you know, do you or do you not have your shots? And he's, he's like you, he doesn't care if you have them or not either. It's not, that's uh he figures that's not of his business. So. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Um, and you know, we just have our choices, we have our decisions and the things we believe in, and we just stand by those. Um, if an employer wants to enforce uh, a mandate on their staff, go right ahead, they can do that. But um, if you're an employer who doesn't work, doesn't ask that question, then then we're going to want to work with you. So reach out to us, we'll help you staff up, and we'll help you find that, that candidate that... Uh, that you've been looking for, you know, it's, it's it, what's neat is we're, we're finding that we're, we're facilitating um, uh, like-minded teams to form throughout the country because people are losing their staff when they say that they're not willing to enforce this. And then there's some people on their staff that are, you know, have gone COVID crazy and just say you have to, and then they quit. And, and then suddenly there's a whole uh, oh, there's there's openings in this company and then they hear of us and they staff up through us and then they find their whole team is like-minded and it's not about anti-jab or anything it's just about ethics yeah well that's actually a good way to put it now in bc and a bunch of other provinces too um there were certain service industry businesses where vaccination was not required for staff but was required for for patrons so i'm guessing that that you know they could still hire their staff through even even if their policy was their patrons had to have a jab correct yeah, that's right, and, yeah. and many did. Um, uh, we did have a lot of it. I mean, it's 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 jobs that don't require um, you know proof of anything, a proof of medical information, private medical information. So uh, some 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 jobs did. Some uh, employers did post through us that didn't require it. Um, it's about the staff. So I had no problem with that. Yeah. Now, um, this is probably, uh, I won't say it's a stupid question, but it's probably an obvious answer. Um, when you talk about the non-discriminatory angle of of jobless jobs, now, I'm going to guess that also extends to if an employer is non-discriminatory as far as they don't care what religion you are, they don't care what skin color you are, they're right up your alley, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and unfortunately, those those types of topics haven't come up very often because it's all been about personal medical information now, but hopefully the, the medical information subject will fade in the future and uh, we can get back to talking about, you know, um, some of the more important discriminatory topics, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that fits right in there as well. Um, you know, if you're non-discriminatory, you, you can post 
your job through us. What's funny is uh, my employer in the summer in August, uh, the employer that influenced the beginning of Jobless Jobs, um, when I let him know that I wasn't going to be working for him anymore because of uh, this mandatory, uh, this mandate he was enforcing on us, uh, I told him, uh, you're dividing your team. This is discrimination. I can't be a part of medical discrimination. So I gave him my notice. And then in the same breath, he basically told me, uh, he, he flat out told me that his company is non-discriminatory and they will certainly be enforcing the mandate. Um, I don't know how he could put those two together, but he did somehow. Um, you know, I, I, it's just a weird way of thinking. I, I don't understand how that makes sense to him, but it did. Yeah, well, and uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously discriminatory when you just look at how our political leaders and our chief medical health officers across the country all completely vilified people who didn't get their jabs. So uh, they, there's nobody who can pretend it's non-discriminatory about the vaccine status and about your, your, your medical procedure history and pretend they're not being discriminatory. It's, it's you, you're right. You can't square that circle. Yeah, that's right. Like you don't get to choose what you're discriminatory about and or not. Um, the way you act is the way you are. Um, so that's, that's black and white. And um, I think that it's important for people like you and me to uh, maintain that, that, you know, hiring someone or choosing to, you know, spend time with someone uh, solely based on their medical status and their personal medical information, that's discriminatory. We, we got to keep that in the, in the common discourse throughout the country and remind people that that's what it is. Let's, let's hold on to that until this is all over, if and when it is. So we, we don't lose sight of that because if, if we accept it as uh, something that doesn't count as discrimination, then we've lost. Um, so non-discriminatory means not asking personal medical information as well. And, and I'm going to do my best to hold on to that in, in our society, remind people that that's, that's a fact. That's actually a, a really, uh, really good way to put it. I mean, it's being the discriminatory, asking questions like that, that's, uh, that's actually really the most un-Canadian thing that you can do. I mean, uh, this country was built yeah. on people just saying, live and let live. Exactly. That's right. Um, it's very un-Canadian to do that. Uh, but unfortunately, it's very Canadian to just roll over and take whatever the government tells you to do. Um, you know, it's very Canadian to be passive and agreeable. Um, you know, so fortunately, there's enough of us who are not that agreeable and think for ourselves and, and uh, are not afraid of social ridicule. Um, and I, I think that we're going to be able to tip the scale if we just hold our ground and uh, stay focused. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So, uh, George, before we wrap up here, um, what's the website address exactly? Is jablessjobs.ca or .com? Dot .work, W-O-R-K. Okay. Yeah, jablessjobs.work is our, our URL. Um, and we have an employer's page and a job seekers page. So whichever one of the two you are, if you go to joblessjobs.org, just click on the, on the employer's page or the job seekers page and you'll find all the info you need to use our services there. Okay. So you, so job seekers, you can upload your resumes to joblessjobs.org and employers, you can upload your job posting to joblessjobs.org, correct? 
Correct, yeah. Um, the Uploading your resume, it'll go to our recruitment service. We do a lot of work offline as a recruiting service. Um, so we're basically two-in-one. We're a recruiting agency, and we're also a job board. Um, but if you want to apply for a job on our job board, just browse the job board and click on the, the, the title of the job that interests you, and you can apply directly on the, onto that job. There's an apply button there on that job. You don't need to make an account with us. All you need is a PDF or a Word document being a resume, um, you don't need to make an account. You don't need to pay any money. All you got to do is browse jobs and click on the one you're interested in. That actually sounds almost too easy, George. <laughs> we, we made it easy. We made it really easy and convenient for people. That, that was on purpose. Well, that's fantastic. So now whether you've got your shots or not, or you want to disclose your shots or not, and don't want anybody to know one way or the other, or like George and I, if you just think it's, None of you, nobody's damn business. Check out jabblessjobs.work and uh, see if George can't set you up. All right, George. Well, it was a real pleasure meeting you today. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you'll come back and talk to us again. I'd love to talk with you again, Tony. Uh, we need more common sense in this country. you got a wonderful thing going on here with the, the title of your podcast, so I hope you keep it going. Common sense is, is something we want to bring back to everyone's life. Absolutely, yeah, and I won't take credit for the title because that was actually Lewis's baby, but we absolutely do need more common sense in this country. So, uh, George, I really appreciate your time today. Let's talk again soon. Sure thing, Tony. I appreciate your time as well. Okay, have a good day. All right, and that was George Duclius, jabblessjobs.work. I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview, Canada. Hope you found it informative, and we will talk to you again soon. This is Tony in Saskatchewan. Good night, Canada. Tony.